The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, Boston. You listen to WBCA 102.9. Again, you listen to WBCA 102.9. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Name our program, Observation from the Trenches. That's right, from the churches, baby. A weekly talk program targeted towards American-born blacks. Again, I want to be clear from the outset, from the onset. I'm not here to uh, demonize anyone. I'm not against anyone. I don't disparage anyone. I focus on my group because my group now is a permanent, permanent underclass. Our le- legitimate grievance has been totally, totally taken off the board. And being out here in the, in, the, in, the, in the trenches for the last 20 years doing mental health, I've gotten to see firsthand policies made on high, who it affects. And nothing that they have proposed or rolled out has done anything to, A, uplift the collective of the masses, Joe Regular and Miss Regular, who now are really a permanent underclass. And according to economists, by the year 2053, the entire American black community is going to be a permanent, permanent underclass. That includes all your so-called stars, movie stars. You know, we have athletes, right? They had everybody, everybody's money. They had all the salaries up. They had, they had them all up. And they said no wealth. Now, there will be some folks with wealth. But as a body, as a group, we have zero wealth. So I speak to my community. It was a sense of urgency, not gloom and doom. Not being pessimist, but a, but a sense of urgency. We must do something differently here. Today, I want to speak about Jalen Brown. He spoke wrong. I commend him 100% for his sentiment. I commend him 100% for his sincerity of doing something. I commend him for all that. But I want to just put in the atmosphere, Jason Brown, right, did not destroy Black Wall Street. The white mob did that. And the federal government did nothing to bring any of those folks to justice. Jason Brown did not create the racial wealth gap here in Boston. For more information, if you read the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston research paper, 2015, where it said that the median wealth of black Americans in this city of Boston was $8 compared to $247,000 for white Jason Brown did not did not create that dilemma. And to uh, exonerate or excuse the federal government, right, because of his racist laws and policies over the last 70 to 100 years, that's the reason why we have no wealth. That's the reason why the Black Wall Street was destroyed. And not just so, not just Black Wall Street and women in Wilmington, North Carolina, another prosperous city was destroyed by white mob rule. And it's really ironic. They tell blacks to pull themselves by their bootstrap. And when they start to do that, create very prosperous, 
right? Vibrant town, schools, banks, theaters, the whole nine yards. The white jealousy and envy is just super real. They cannot stand to see America-born blacks, or Ados, as I identify as, American descendant slave, prosper and do well in the country that we built and to the wealthiest country in the world. There's countless stories of successful town that was totally exonerated, you know, burned to the ground by jealous, irate white community members. And most of the time it was used that some so-called black male made an improper pass at a white female. And so they had to protect her honor. So they burnt the whole town down. So Jalen Brown, my brother, I respect you. I value you. I know you, you are sincere with what you proposed, but you did not create or burn down Black Wall Street. And to exempt the federal government from its responsibility, all right, President Biden went out there and visited Black Wall Street. He even had the pleasure to meet some of the uh, heirs who still lived through that a nightmare. He gave his usual speech. We won't tolerate hatred or racism, etc. He did not offer not one ounce of reparation towards the, those, those living people. Because why? He steals the white male, founded in white supremacy, groomed the white supremacy. He did not offer not one recourse or redress to the survivors of Black Wall Street. So Jason, he is the president of the United States. He had untold resources at his disposal. He did not offer not one red cent to the survivors. You did not burn down Black Wall Street, Jason. The white mob did with impunity from the federal said in state government. Not one person was held accountable for that atrocity, that nightmare. Because why? Pure jealousy. The same can be said for Wilmington, uh, uh, North Carolina. Another prospering city that whites burned to the ground. Because why? Of jealousy. Don't want to see American blacks or Ados prosper or do well. And so, again, we need to be very careful with our celebrities. I know many have good intention. You know, I think I read where Queen Latifah was going to build some apartments in uh, New Jersey for people. Okay, good. All right. But again, right, to exempt the federal government from its duty to provide reparation is the issue. I know that our celebrities cannot... Be very forceful. Be very forceful. Reason being, they're not getting crossover money. Crossover money meaning they get money from white folks, so they must temper their tone. They can't see. They can't say what people got in the lose who on the bottom can say. These are issues for reparation. These are issues for reparation, because why? Who caused this here? Lack of wealth. The federal government. Because of what? Of his racial policy. If you look from 1865 to now, America was up and coming. What you see here now was not here. But guess who's here? Ados, American born black. We is here. And so why couldn't we participate 
Why couldn't we acquire wealth? Why could we not, you know, acquire businesses where we could hire ourselves and our people? Why couldn't we not do those things? Because the federal government made sure through, through the black code, okay, sharecropping and Jim Crow, right, that the American-born black, right, would be a, exempt from participating when America was up and coming. What you see today, neighbor, in 2023 is a fully developed nation. Fully developed. It was not like that, Brother Brown, in 1850 or 1890, you know, or 1900. That's when a lot of opportunity was there, all right? That's when programs were passed, like the New Deal that created the white middle class, the GI Bill, all right, that a was a springboard for white males coming back from World War II, go to college, start businesses, buy homes, okay? But guess who's locked out of that? Brother Jason, Jason Brown, your people, American, American born blacks or Adels were locked out of that. And so when America was a virgin, okay, right for the taking, for development, we were here. We were here. The New Deal, right, spent trillions of dollars on white farmers. But guess what most black folks were? On the farm. Had farm. Couldn't get a nickel. Couldn't get, another, couldn't get a nickel to expand or to grow their farm. Now think about that. Here you are here when America is really up and coming, a virgin territory, undeveloped. And you cannot participate in the expansion. You cannot participate in the growth. You cannot participate in the prosperity. All because why of white supremacy, white racism. And what we need for our celebrities to understand is the data and the research. There can be no mistaken. The only way that American-born blacks are going to stand a chance. If reparation is not passed, we're not going to do well with this thing called universal policy, universal policy for everybody. It's too late for that now. If we don't have carve-outs, initiatives aimed at us only, dealing with home ownership, getting city and state contract, private contract, okay? Education, mental health, we don't have carve-outs aimed at us only. We're not going to do well as a group. But you're going to have the courage to say that. And our celebrities, right, God bless their soul, right, because they're now making crossover money, crossover money, you know what I mean? They're getting white money as well. If they offend this population, right, there goes their, what, perks? There goes their, what, contract? There goes their, what, uh, you know, ads? There goes the benefits, there goes everything. So they still have a lot to lose. So understand why many of them, most of them, right, cannot speak truth. Even if, even if they know the truth, they can't speak truth. They can't come out and say, no, what's needed here is reparation. What's needed here is a redress, right? To the 300 plus years, the 400 plus years of white oppression and exploitation of American born black. That's what's needed here. 
And all the research that I've written, read, Brother Jason, shows that even if you had a program, reparation, comprehensible today, it would take centuries to right this wrong. I'm for, I'm for, I'm for reparation, not so much that's going to benefit me, but it's going to benefit those who have not even been, even, been, even been conceived yet, Brother Jason. They've not even been conceived yet. It's going to benefit them. They would not be born into a world or a family where they got no wealth, which means they got no inheritance. This $8 wealth gap up here in Boston, it's going to take decades or centuries to ever, ever correct that. And that's if you have policy aimed at American-born blacks only. See, the reason why I got to be a carve-out, see, you just can't be, you just can't say for the black community. That means all black. Well, we all part of the black race. That's true. But the harm was done specifically to a specific group, Ados, American descendants of slaves, or American blacks. It wasn't done to Caribbean blacks or African blacks. It was done specifically to a specific group. When you talk about reparation, it is to a atone for a specific grievance. We have a specific grievance against, against the federal government. So when I hear celebrities, you know, with good intention, good hearts, right? I get it. You know, uh, LeBron James started school back in 2018. I promise. Okay. Taking kids, right? You know, mostly high school kids who had dropped out, you know, whatever, you know, wasn't doing well. Gave them a new facility, you know, all modern stuff, the whole nine yards, right? I understand that maybe the results have not been as spectacular as they thought. But a lot of celebrities, you must understand celebrities, right? Yes, kids would be drawn to you. Yes, you can draw these kids to you. You can put them in your school. That's true. All right? But here are some things you got no control over. I want you to hear me, celebrities. Brother Brown, you got no control over their home environment. You have no idea what goes on in their home. You have no idea, right, of their peers, how their peers are affecting them. You have no control over the community they live in. These things all are tantamount, you know, to how well a person does. So, yes, they are attracted to you as a star. You know, I would be too. But the intangibles that go into determining if this child is going to make it or not, right, you got no control over that. So understand that, you know, LeBron James, you know, somewhat disappointed by the test scores or not what he thought they should be. It's easy to blame the teachers. It's easy to say, well, these folks are not measuring up. These folks are not stepping up. These folks are not doing their job. Somebody's laying down. We are begging to differ. After 22 years out, out in the trenches, working with family, seeing firsthand, all right, what goes on in the home, right, the peers they hang with, the communities they live in, right, there are some factors that are outside of your control, celebrities, you got no influence on. So, yes, they'll come to your school. They'll even attend your school. They might sign up for your school. But they were never, they were, they were never students to begin with. They were never students to begin with. They were never studious to begin with. They ain't allowed the problem. And so it's easy to always blame the teacher when to find that some of them are not stepping up, 
Some of them not doing well by kids. Some of them lackadaisical, et cetera. It's always easy to blame them. But I want you to think about this here. There are some factors that goes into kids who are, who are successful in school. Number one, their home environment. That home environment, right, has set the temperature for academic excellence. Those kids, right, have been exposed to and they love learning. They love reading. They love uh, exploring, you know. They're not just stuck in, you know, uh, all this uh, technology stuff. Mom and dad got them on what? A track for academic excellence. Number two, their peers. Their peers are in homes, right, being groomed, socialized like them. It reinforces the love of being a student, being studious, okay? Their community that they live in also reinforces those same traits. So those kids, right, stand a greater chance of being successful academically than most urban children. So yes, you all want them to do well because they're young. And you know that in America, which runs on skills, okay, if you lack high income skills, right, you're not gonna do well. So yes, I understand the reason why folks are sympathetic because they're young. 15, 16, 17, ain't doing nothing. But at the same time, there are factors that are outside of your control, celebrities, that you got no input in. You're not in those homes. Them kids not living in your home. They're not living in your environment around your peer set. They're not doing that. So yes, you got them in a brand new school with all brand new, you know, uh, equipment, material, okay. But the intangibles, you got no control over that. You got no say-so over that. That's their home environment, their peer set, and where they live at. So when I saw Brother Brown, you know, speak about his contract, I also thought it was a setup when a person said, well, Brother Brown, what are you going to do with this generational wealth? Well, I've never heard them ask any Caucasian who got a big contract, what are you going to do about your gener 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 generational wealth? I thought it was kind of a setup for him, but he articulated very well. You know, I commend him for that. I know, he, I know he's sincere, what he wants to do. He wants to be a, a, an asset. I get, I get that. But let's break down Brother Brown's contract. And you tell me, how much can he do this here? $300 million, a lot of money. $300 million, a lot of money with five years. You divide that by five years, that's $60 million, $60 million a year. $60 million a year. $60 million a year per year. Now, divide that by 12 months. It's worth $5 million a month. But you got to take out taxes now. So out of $5 million, right, 50000 right, after taxes, he get $2,525,000. So he get over $2 million to take home. How's he going to build Black Wall Street on that? I'm asking the question. How is he going to address the racial wealth gap here in Boston of $8 for black Americans? How's he going to do that? So, yes, it's good money. 
But again, he don't make enough to address that issue. He don't make enough. And also, the most important thing, if I listen to him, he didn't cause it. He did not cause the racial wealth gap with black Americans. White racism did by eliminating blacks when America was up and coming. We couldn't get into the trades. We couldn't get, we could not participate in the New Deal, GI Bill. We couldn't do that. They made sure because of race, we would be locked out. There's something funny about the GI Bill. Think about this here. Many of our elders fought in World War II. They fought in Germany, France, Japan, you know, Africa, etc. Many died there. So you fought in a war, right, to help free Europe, okay? America has since rebuilt Europe. Okay, think about it. Okay. America has since rebuilt Europe, but the black American soldier got nothing. When he came home, he could not even participate in the GI Bill that was set up for those who were no longer served. The GI Bill, right, elevated a lot of these poor white men, immigrants, to middle-class status. And also allowed them, what, get into the trades, to learn a trade, learn a skill, go to college, push your home, start a business. But the black GI went over there, fought bravely, many died, came home, and faced what? Staunch racism. Racism. So his family did not benefit from his sacrifice. His family did not, you know, were not able to receive wealth where it could be passed down as an inheritance. His family, right, was still fighting racism, which we've been fighting since, what, 1865 to be what? A citizen with all the perks and benefit of whiteness. That includes due process in the law, right? To be able to have high high income position, work in the trades, right? Nice home, good health. All the things that a include whiteness, we have been denied those perks. But the black GI fought just as bravely as the European counterpart. They came home and got a boost. He came home and got the boot. Think about that. Boost, a boost to the boot. So he came home and was still treated as a third-class citizen. You think about that. So I think about what Brother Jaden Brown said. You know, what came to my spirit, well, you know, I commend his sincerity. I know he's honest in what he's going to do, what he's going to try to do. But he's letting off the hook, the biggest culprit of the whole thing. The biggest culprit of why we are a permanent underclass in the federal government. You allow this behavior. You allow this treatment. And one thing I've said many, many times, I keep saying, keep saying, people do what government allows them to do. The white community did what the government allowed them to do. I say again, the white community did what the government allowed them to do. 
So who's the culprit here? Federal government. Federal government, you allowed this here. You allowed black Wall Street to be burned to the ground. You allowed them black people to be murdered and no one held accountable. You allowed women in Delaware, excuse me, women in North Carolina to be burned to the ground and nobody held accountable. You allowed that. You allowed that. And matter of fact, only time that we ever got any help, you know, from, from I guess, you know, politics was doing reconstruction. Which might say, Larry, only time whites have voted with black people was doing reconstruction for that brief, 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 brief moment. You got the 13th, 14th, 15th, 15th Amendment, okay? Didn't last long, you know what I mean? And then in 1888, they got sick of us, threw us to the wolves, all right, with no protection, no way to take care of ourselves. And politics has not helped us since then. Think about it. Politics has not, has not helped black Americans since Reconstruction. That's why politics was never a good vehicle to try to address our grievances. And the reason being, the reason being, pay attention, the numbers don't work. Democracy, right? One person, one vote. In all these chambers, be it city hall, state, or federal government, right? If you bring an ordinance to the floor, even if it's based on research and data, that black Americans need this here, because here's their condition. It will not pass if you cannot get the rest of your colleagues to co-sign. Sign up on it. That's why even in City Hall today, here in City of Boston, although they have, you know, but five or six folks of color, color, they can't do anything for black Americans to address the $8 wealth gap. Why? They know their colleagues are not going to sign up on it. That's why in 2015, Congresswoman, Pers- Congresswoman, Pers- Congresswoman Pressley was here. She was here. When the Federal Reserve Bank released that, re- that report that showed that the median wealth of black Americans in the city was $8, Congress- Congressperson Pressley was here. She couldn't bring none to the floor to address it because why? She knew her colleagues was not going to sign off on it. And so it behooves the question, so why do folks always tell blacks, vote, 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 when the numbers don't work? It's to give what I call a false sense of hope. A false sense of hope. They know if every black American in the Boston went out and vote for whomever, if everybody who's registered went out and voted, doesn't matter who, went out and voted, not one legislation would pass that would be a carve-out for us. Because why? The numbers don't work. Numbers ain't there. Same thing in the state house. They know the numbers ain't there. Federal government, same thing. As a matter of fact, the late Congressman Conyers from Michigan used to bring to the floor, right, an ordinance just to study reparation. Just to study reparation. Study it. It never went anywhere. Because why? Numbers don't work. Numbers ain't there. It was always defeated and shot down. And so it begs to differ. Why are we taught and encouraged to pursue a strategy that doesn't work for us? It's, it's putting down the atmosphere. And you're going to hear Biden 
in the next coming months, right, hit the black community real hard with the things you've done for you. I've been to Black Wall Street, acknowledge that. I didn't give you nothing, no compensation, but I've been there. I shared your pain, okay? I gave you Juneteenth as a legal federal holiday. Recognize you. So you're going to hear all this fanfare in the coming months of what the Democrats have done, which is all symbolic. We have, this past weekend, the NAACP in town. You know, the theme was thriving together. Thriving together. Nice theme. Nice, you know, they always have some nice themes, you know. But it does nothing to elevate or impact who? Ados, American born black. It does nothing to help us. Because why? They got no juice. They can't pass no laws, no policy. They're about as inept as what? The Congressional Black Caucus. They're in the same boat. They already know. They can't bring none to the floor that's for black Americans only. But they can for gays, lesbians, transgender. They can for illegals, dockers. They can for them. They can for refugees, you know, from Ukraine. But they can't bring nothing to the floor for black Americans only. Even when the research in the data says they are in dire need of some intervention, they can't do nothing for it. So it stands the reason why are we always told to pursue a strategy that brings zero results back to us? Did I ask another question? So again, Jason Brown, to me, spoke wrong. His heart's in the right place. He's sincere. I believe him. You know what I mean? I know he, I know, he, know he does good things. But it's going to take the federal government, right, and us fighting to bring about reparation, us fighting Right to get carve-outs that's only for us only, it's going to take us fighting. We're going to be political and get out of that I'm for everybody, I'm for everybody nonsense. we got to get out of that nonsense. And matter of fact, we should have stayed on our square starting in the 60s and not been for everybody. We're going to stay in our lane, fight for ourselves, ourselves ourself only. Because the laws that cost King his life that was supposed to pass for the Negroes has benefited everybody but the Negroes. So again, the brother, brother Jason Brown, I commend you on your sincerity and your heart. I know you're sincere, but you did not a cause the destruction of Black Wall Street. You did not cause this $8 wealth gap here in Boston. You didn't cause that. And celebrities need to understand they got severe limits what you can do, severe limits what you can do. To fight, despite your fame and fortune, all right, this, this is a government problem. This is a federal government problem. They are the corporate here. They allow this atrocity to continue for hundreds of years, even after slavery. We've been out here 150 plus years since 1865. And we are dead last in every meaningful category. We are dead last as a people and as a community. And keep in mind now, you must always keep in mind, we was here when America was nothing. There was nothing here. 
There's nothing developed here. No suburbs here. You know, we're no businesses here. We're here. And we got locked out of the New Deal. We got knocked out of GI Bill. We got locked out of, you know, farming bill. You name it. Never let a white person tell you that he or she earned it. No, baby. No, 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 no. Government help. Government cheese, baby. Government cheese. Help these white Europeans who was po. Po, po, po. GI Bill. All right? A lot of these folks benefited tremendously. Our folks could die in World War II. These foreign territories. Got nothing out of the GI Bill. Nothing. So again, I'm your host, I'm your host Larry, Larry Higginbottom. You listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. Listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. My topic today is Jason Brown. He spoke wrong, bro. You're not responsible for, all right, Black Wall Street. You're not the reason why it was burnt down. Government is. You're not responsible for the $8 wealth, $8 wealth, wealth gap here in Boston. Government is. They locked us out. They made sure we'd be, we'd be in slums and ghettos. Not be able to, you know, acquire or work in the trades. Not be able to a, acquire financing. They made sure that. And I do with you, Jason, or any of you celebrities. You need to understand there's a very limited thing that you can do despite your fame and fortune. There's a very limited thing that you can do. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You listen to Observation from the Trenches. Observation from the Trenches, baby. Well, speak about what I see out here. I'm going to take a little break. I'll be right back. I will continue with, with, my, with my observation. Don't go nowhere. People won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, can potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. I'm back. You're listening to W. BCA 102.9 FM. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. 
I'm your host, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. The name of our show is called what? From the Trenches, baby. Off the base from the trenches. Off the base from the trenches. I speak about what I see out here. The last two decades out here in the families, in the trenches working with families. And although my target population is American born blacks or Adels, as I identify as American descendant slave, I offend no one. I'm against no one. I bear no grudge against no group. Reason why I speak to my group because we now are permanent underclass. We now are permanent underclass. Our legitimate grievance has been totally, totally removed off the board. Everybody is getting resources and attention but us. And matter of fact, folks are not even mentioning our name as a standalone. That's how much contempt that America has for us. Our name cannot be mentioned as a standalone for services or redress. It met with number of contempt, pushback, and disdain. But they will spend billions of dollars feeding, clothing, housing, educating illegals. I read where it's all about five or seven million has already come in the last couple of years. And they're in the country. They're in the country. Supposedly parole, waiting for a date to, you know, be seen and heard. And let me say this, let me say this to the white folks. White folks, listen up. Those folks ain't stupid at the board. They're not stupid. They know if they send their children, all right, they know those kids are going to get in, and then they're going to get in. They know if they come with their children, they're going to get in. Come on, white people. They're not stupid, you know. They're not stupid. And so, again, when Obama was in, right, maybe he sold that, that game about, you know, they're dreamers, but you know, by no fault of their own, they came as children by no fault of their own. You've seen a replay of that, right? It was a con there, the con now. It was a con there, the con now. They all are illegal, all of them. Nowhere I've been in the world could I take 25 or 30 million American born black, illegal, Go in that country, get fed, housing, clothes, all right, medical, social, educational, employment, whole nine yards, undermine their sense of citizenship, and be dealt with fairly. Nowhere in the world I've been would that, would, would, would that be allowed to occur. And why is it going on here in America? Because it benefits white people. If it did not benefit white folks, it would not be going on. It's just a cut and dry there. It benefits them. So, here we have a situation where we was played like a yo-yo with Obama. No, these are children. By no fault of their own, they came here. The parents ain't stupid, people. The parents ain't stupid. And those who are here, let in here, right, you know, doing a so-called probation, they're having babies. They're not stupid. They're not stupid, people. Not begrudging them. But again, all the research I've read showed that the biggest person who get hurt here are American-born blacks. But no member of the Congressional, of the Congressional Black Caucus speaks on our behalf. And hey, at whose expense? Whose expense is this here? Who's getting hurt the most? None of them. Because they are like the NAACP, useless. It's my belief, in my own conclusion, they're useless. useless. And also, it really perturbs me when I think about 
what Brother Brown said. What are you going to do for Black Wall Street, try to rebuild it? And also, going to address the racial wealth gap. I commend him for those two, but you know, it ain't on, ain't on you, baby. You didn't, you did not do this here. Federal government did this here. Black Americans have given the most to America, yet got nothing back. We've given the most to this country and got nothing back in return but a boot. We've fought in every war she ever had. Every war she ever had, black Americans shed their blood. Even the war for independence, you promised you'd be set free only to be re-enshackled. We are the most law and devoted of all. We are the most law and devoted of all groups here. Most law and devoted, despite how we've been treated, despite how, how we've been treated like puppy poop, we are the most law and devoted of all the groups here. And so, at some point, we need to a really just look and say, is it worth it? Is it worth it to try to continue to pursue, to, to pursue citizenship? After 150 plus years, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Because laws can change behavior, neighbor, but they don't change the heart, how someone really feels about you. Laws can change behavior to some degree, but they don't change the heart of my true belief about you. We was never, ever wanted here or needed here except for the benefit of white people. That's why we're here, to benefit them. And sometimes one must, you know, just go on and acknowledge that and start to look to do things differently to improve one's life. That's all I can say. But again, I want to just say to all celebrities who might hear this here tape, you have limited power that you that you can do, despite your celebrity and despite your wealth. You don't have enough money to correct this here wrong that the federal government created. It's a federal government problem. Reparation is the only way to redress the racial wealth gap, to address Black Wall Street. President Obama, I mean, I mean President um, uh, Biden, could have said, hey, I'm going to offer some conversational people, compensation to people, compensation to people. I'm over here. He was over there at Black Wall Street talking about how horrible it was, how despicable it was. Not one nickel. Why? He don't want to offend white people. He don't want to offend white people. Isn't it funny? You know, the white sector has no problem paying everybody but us. It has no problem paying everybody in the world but us. But they say, well, no, no, no. It'll break the bank. No, no, no. We, we'll put you on a payment plan. We'll put you on a payment plan. No doubt about that. But their psychology is they'll pay everybody in the world but us. And I'll tell you why that is, neighbor. The relationship was founded on what? 247 years of enslavement. Chattel, chattel slave as their property. They could do anything and everything to us with impunity. We saw as nothing but a way to make them prosperous and comfortable. We was never treated as human beings or dealt with as equal on any level. And so in 1865, because of emancipation, 
You're asking the community that had 247 years of treating you like you were nothing. And you were nothing in, the, in, the, in their eyes. There's to please them, please them, please them, and make them wealth, wealthy. Also now, 1865, you ask the same people, the same psychology, right, to treat you as what citizen, right, equal, with compassion, right, with appreciation, with value, etc. I could have told you, I could have told you then that that was not going to work. Come on now. I could have told you right then and there, it's not going to work. Because the foundation of your relationship is found, is found on what? Contempt, hate, and disdain. So I'm going to ask you now, after 24 years of enslavement, right, not treat you fairly, right, to include you, to share with you, to be okay with you. I could have told you then, it ain't going to work. And so for the last 150 plus years, we've been on this on this track for citizenship, begging and pleading, right, this community to treat us as citizens. We ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. And so we need to acknowledge we, we went the wrong way. We went the wrong way. Question. If you if you was one of those lucky four thousand. No, four million ancestors who in 1865 was alive. Would you vote to be a citizen given what you just come out of? Would you have voted to be a citizen given the treatment that you had just endured for 247 years? 247 years, would you vote to be a citizen or try to pursue to be a citizen? I know I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. I would have said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Let's become a nation within a nation. Let's make some agreement with the federal government. Will you provide for us resources where we can farm, take care of ourselves, trade with you, do business with us, right? We're going to stay in, 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 in our neck of the wood, okay? You're going to give us firearms to take care of ourselves. These, these irate, you know, enraged white folks can come and slaughter us or rape us or whatever. But we chose the wrong path, trying to be citizen, all right? or looking for politics as a redress to our legitimate grievance. And so we've been on the wrong path since 1865. It's my belief. You might, you might believe different. And so we just squandered opportunity. So here's a young man like Jason said, okay, I'm going to try to rebuild uh, Black Wall Street. You didn't destroy it. You are not the reason why it was destroyed. I'm going to try to, you know, address the racial wealth gap of $8. You're not the reason why it is $8. You're not doing that. You're letting off the hoop. You're letting off the hook. The corporate is the federal government. And those folks in the audience, those two white men sitting, sitting beside you, they knew. Ain't never going to happen, kid. But it sounds good, though. Ain't never going to happen. Because the person who's responsible for this here, right, is the federal government. You allowed the white community to do what they did. You allowed that with impunity. And it's a notion about no one's above the law. Nobody's above the law. That's a lie, too. All the atrocities that we endured, no whites was held accountable. 100 years of lynching from 1865 to 
1965, not one person, not one white person was ever prosecuted or taken to jail. Not one president issued an executive order, an order outlawing, outlawing lynching. Not one of them. From 1865, right, to 1965, not one issued an executive order outlawing lynching. Not one. Biden just now did it in 2023. Whoopie, whoopie, do. Whoopie, whoopie, do. And that's all, what, for a political play to say to the black person in the coming month, look what I've done. But guess what? Not one resource changed hand. Not one dollar changed hand. All symbolic. Here in Boston, Marty Washington, right? Named with Newman Square. Newman Square. Yep, yes, he did. Not one dollar changed hand. No financial or resources changed hand. All symbolic. We must get away from the symbolic gestures. We are permanent underclass people, and no one's coming to save us. These folks coming across that border, they're not coming to be allies with us. Nobody coming to be allies with you and I. They're coming right to extract as much of the wealth out of this country for them in there, rightfully so. They're coming to extract as much of the financial wealth out of America for them and their families, rightfully so. There is no coalition. Never was, never will be. Never was, never will be. You stop that foolishness. Well, again, I hope you have found my comments, you know, enlightening, educational. Again, I'm never here to offend anyone or to uh, denigrate anyone, to denigrate anybody, degrade anybody. I just think it's time for black Americans to understand we're on our own, baby. We are on our own. And no one's coming to save us. Never have, never will. So if we don't change our direction and do something differently, we're not going to do well. It's just that cut and dry. So from where I see it, you know, Brother Brown, your heart is sincere. You're in the right place. But you did not cause destruction of Black Wall Street. You know, the cause of the reason why there's only $8 network on Black American Boston, you, you didn't do that. Federal government. That's all federal government. All federal government. So, until next Wednesday, you know, I have a different uh, topic to talk about. And I hope you find what I'm saying, you know, at least uh, enlightening, educational, but also cause you to think about doing some things differently you know, in your life. Because at the end of the day now, right, no one's coming to save us now. That much I'm uh, that much I'm clear that much I'm clear on. They didn't come for me, they're not coming for you. They're not coming for your children. So if you're not trying to upgrade your skills, acquire high income essential skills, you're not gonna do well in America. You're not gonna do well in Boston. Just that cut and dry. You know, there's no getting around that. So encourage your children that you have to be highly skilled, not just educated, highly skilled to do well and be prosperous in America. And for those who are 15 to 40, 
my words to you, do not squander your youth on bullcrap. Do not squander your youth on foolishness. You should be about trying to get your skill on and not your groove on. I'll say it again now. Your focus should be about trying to get your skill on and not your groove on. Because why? When you got your skill on, all right, then you can afford to have your groove on. You can, you can afford to do things on your turn, how you like to do it, when you want to do it. But when you don't, you focus on just getting your, your groove on, hey, man, you're going to always be struggling. And one thing we don't need to do anymore is struggle. We've been struggling for a long time as a people. So that we don't need to do anymore. So, but again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Name of the show, From the Trenches, baby. I'm the from the trenches. You listen to WBC 102.9 FM. As you know, I just try to just speak what I see. You know, not here to denigrate, I'm not here to denigrate nobody, insult nobody, put nobody down. I'm just saying it's time for my group to understand it's time for a difference. It's time to understand that you got to be highly skilled out here. you got to have skills that are essential if you want to do well in America. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to do well. It's just that cut and dry. So until next time, God bless you, and we will talk. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.